Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Okay. Uncommon gifts. We're going to deal, if you want to turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd, Corinthians, Galatians. Ephesians, what is that about? Ten books into the New Testament. Chapter 2 and verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And looking at that first part of the verse of Scripture, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. And we're dealing with the theme of uncommon gifts. Gifts that you just... And we're coming up on gift season. People are looking for that, that thing that someone doesn't have. I want to teach tonight on a gift that God gives us, the gift, and it's an uncommon gift, meaning, now everybody has this, but it's uncommon to be able to give this. The gift of identity. The gift of identity. This guy said, when I was a kid, my mother told me I could be anyone I wanted to be. Turns out, identity theft is a crime. We know that because we had some reward. We had a couple. We would get rewards for it was like J.C. Penny, but we would not shop at J.C. Penny. Here's five dollars. Here's I think someone else was getting their reward points shifted to our account. Maybe we're identity thieves. And then we have another card for a, a store called Win Dixie, and that card, someone else has our number, but we have the phone with the number. But somehow they, some other person has our account with our number. So I don't know what they're going to get from that. But so when people, when you think of identity, what do you think? What is, what is identity? Identity is really who you are. It's who you are. And you can go to the psychological, the sociological, but it's who are you? Now, if someone would say that, who are you? What would people do? Well, you'd probably say, well, you'd give them your name, right? Or you'd give them your your title, I'm Dr. Jones, Indiana Jones, right? But you would talk to them, or maybe I'm pastor, or maybe you'd give them an accomplishment. I'm the world record holder for the high jump. What would be the way to answer? What is your, and, and, and think about it, what is your identity? Say, well, I'm this, or I'm that, or I, you know, I drive this car, or I, or I, I live in this place. Well, today I'd like to explore what it says in the Word of God. It says, we are His workmanship. We are His workmanship. Christianity is not just a religion. It's not a place where I, I, I go to church. That doesn't make you a Christian. Just like walking into a garage does not make you a car. Okay, It doesn't make you a Christian. But we're His work. And the Bible said we're created in Christ Jesus. So if someone says, who are you? Maybe a good answer, I mean, beyond your name, is, you know what? I'm a, I'm a Christian. 
Paul had this revival in this it's a modern Turkish city of Antakya. It's called Antioch in the Bible. And so Paul was there teaching for, I think, about a year. And the Bible said they were first called Christians. Where? Antioch. Why? Because no doubt these people had this identity of being like Christ. Now, interesting, not like Jesus, but like Christ. Jesus was his name. It meant Savior. But Christ meant anointed. They would anoint kings. And now there's going to, I guess in England, they're anointed. Did they already anoint him or coronate him? They anoint someone to be king. That's what the Messiah was. It was the anointed one. That's the Hebrew. The Greek was Christos or Christ. So they were acting like the anointing was on them. What anointing? The Holy Spirit. So these people showed a different identity. You know, it's amazing. Uh, I, we were, uh, before I got married, we went out to eat. Not my wife and I, but my family and I. And uh, there was a guy and a lady just sitting, you know, in the same restaurant. I think it was called Sherry's up on in Meridian or whatever, like Denny's, okay, high class joint, right? And back in the day before phones, you had like cameras, right? Like they would take pictures, those things. They didn't, they didn't make calls. They just took pictures, pretty boring, right? But anyhow, so we wanted this couple to take the picture of our family. And uh, so I went and uh, said, hey, sir, could you, could you take our picture? And he goes, yeah, I can, I can do it. And um, so I'm explaining him how the camera works. And I, and I looked at him and I said, I said, bro, I've never seen this guy before. Where do you go to church? And he goes, I just got here to go to Bible school, to, to our Bible school, New Testament Christian Seminary. And I was like, dude, what, what's your name? And he goes, Brother Kendrick. I, so, but it was he and his wife sitting there, and it didn't take me but what? Ten seconds to identify a guy I had never seen before, didn't know his name, but he had the spirit of Christ. And brethren, this is real. And you don't, I didn't see, I didn't go out to see if he had a fish sticker on his car. I didn't go out. I didn't see that he had a, you know, a shirt that said Lord's gym and has Jesus bench pressing the cross. And I'm not saying those things are wrong, but our identity is a spirit and people can see it. We were, we were getting, uh, we were shopping at this classy joint, Haven Hospice. And so I got some of these nice shoes for my daughter. They were Tevas. And they were like $3.59, right? And that was like, my wife's like, 20% off on shoes. And uh, so the guy was ringing me up and I said, sir, sir, um, there's, there's, my wife said there's 20% off on shoes, which is like a big 70 cents, right? And uh, so, and I said, and sir, they give military discounts. So I was like, why'd you say that? Because it's their offer. And I said, I said, uh, sir, um, I'm military too. And uh, he said, uh, he said, look, you, you know, the, the 20% is, all we basically we're going to give you that you know we have to make some money here and i'm thinking it's donated you make anyway i didn't say it. i didn't say it but after we after we left i told my wife i said wow he didn't really like that i said you know but i said my wife said well he had a different spirit and i mean i'm not trying to be critical or whatever but if you if you talk to the man and you know what 
No words have to be exchanged. Brethren, two spirits sometimes just don't get along, okay? Say, well, what was it? I, I, it? It's not important, but you know, it was a different spirit. Let me tell you, it does not mesh with the spirit of God. We'll just put it that way. So, but we want to look at uncommon gifts. And the first thing we want to talk about, we want to look at three things in our identity and who we are. And, and really the problem in America and the problem in the world is a lost identity. They're having an identity crisis. And even a lot of Christians are, okay? But the first thing is a lost identity. And we have to go all the way back to Genesis for this, right? But... This guy said, I encountered an eagle with an identity crisis. He's watching me like a hawk. <laughs> so the man and woman, if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, we were created by God in the image of God. The Bible said he hath made us and not we ourselves. I didn't, I didn't make man. Man didn't make themselves. They were made and created originally by who? The manufacturer, who? God. And you know, if something's broken, what do you do if it's under warranty? You send it back to the manufacturer. Send it back to Chrysler, right? Get them to fix it. They have the parts. And that's exactly what salvation is, is and that's the next thing we're going to talk about. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, so God created man in his own image. Not like the bird or not like a donkey, but like God. In the image of God, he created he, him. And then it said male and non-binary. No, it says male and female. Look, that's just what the Bible says, okay? Created he, them. So man was, and man has a lot of identity problems. Say, well, <laughs> do you know the pro, I'm sorry. Now, if someone's offended at this, I'm just having fun, okay? But <laughs> it's going to offend someone. But uh, you know an identity theft? You know what their pronoun, pronouns are for an identity thief? You and yours. <laughs> but you see, God created us. And it said that not only he created them, and then it said he blessed them. Wow. So not only he creates me, but then he's going to bless me. And notice this. God gave man the world. When man sinned, he lost it. And they're still trying to get it back, okay? Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and listen, have dominion. He said, you rule. Over the fish of the sea, fowl of the air, every living thing that moveth upon the earth. He said, you rule, you're in control, you're in charge. That was man's position in God. So, God looked around and it, he had made good things, right? He said he looked around on the first day. It was good. The second day, it was good. After the sixth day, he made man and woman. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, and God saw everything he had made. And behold, it was very good. I like that. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And so when it talks about man, it says that God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The first CPR was done through your nose, okay? Not through your mouth. I don't know, but that's what it says. In through his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So we see that man is made up of three parts. And the book of uh, Thessalonians says, I like this, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body 
Say, oh, preacher, we're made body, soul, and spirit. But I like how the Bible puts it. Soul is not first. Body is not first. Spirit is. Spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God made man. God made man, body, soul, and spirit, or spirit, soul, and body, three different parts. And then he took man. What did he do? Chapter 2, and, and we're getting to where Adam lost his identity, but this is what God will give us back. He gave him a job. He gave him a purpose. What did he do? He gave him a job as what? A gardener, right? He planted a garden and he said, hey, here, here's your purpose. Your job is to dress it, which means to you know, prune it and take care of it, and to do what? Keep it. What does that mean? Guard it. You know that there's enemies out there, even in the Garden of Eden? He didn't say, you're good, you're the only people here. He said, you have to be careful. There's enemies out there. And that should have been the first you know, idea when the, the serpent started talking to him. But, and then the Bible also said, and you know, I like what Tony Evans said. He said, before a man gets married, he needs to have a job and he needs to have God's word. So the next thing God gave this man was his word. He said, the Lord commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Have at it. But the, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Man, you could read your Bible, your whole Bible, right? Two sentences, right? Yeah, I read my Bible today, honey. And it was like two sentences. That was all there was. There were no rules, no commandments. That was it. Eat anything you want. Don't eat this. And the day that you eat this, you're going to die. What does that mean? Your spirit was going to be separated from God's spirit and going to be at odds with God's spirit. And I don't know about you, but I, I remember uh, a pastor of mine, Pastor Davis, he said that before he became a Christian, He'd see a church, he would cross the street. He would walk on the other side of the street. Now, I was like, I can't imagine that because I knew him as a man of God. But I didn't know him when his spirit was at odds with the spirit of God. Amen. So, but uh, when, God, when you're hooked up with God, I like this. But you see, God even anticipates your needs. You know that God knows what you need? He knows what you're going to pray for before you even pray it. And the Lord God said, I like this. It's the one not good thing. It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make and help meet for him. Someone that can be a blessing to him. So then he has Adam name all the animals. And, uh, you know, man's best friend might be a dog, but he's like, mm, there's not found and help meet for him. All the animals that Adam named, he wasn't a Cro-Magnon man, okay? This was an intelligent being. That, that named all the animals, that laughed at the giraffe and, you know, I don't know what the zebra or whatever, but he named them all. And then God made Eve. God put him to sleep and took a rib out and formed Eve. And women are curvy, you know, that's, and uh, he, he created Eve out of this curvy rib. And then God created marriage. God never created divorce. He's created marriage. And uh, the man and the woman, I like at the end of chapter two, they weren't ashamed. And you know, that's, that's the identity that we get in Jesus Christ. Isn't Paul say the same thing? He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, I'm not ashamed because Paul had returned to the identity and Christians, brethren, we have to realize God's returned us to this 
attitude before the fall of man in Jesus Christ. So what happens? The influencer. You ever heard of an influencer? Well, the first influencer was supposed to be man. It was supposed to be Adam. But the first influencer was the serpent, right? So the serpent was not the devil, okay? The serpent was a serpent. And it, it said that uh, the serpent created some problems, right? An identity crisis, if you please, in Eve and then in Adam. And he created some things, and we want to kind of get, I need to get past this but to, to get to the other two things, but he began to plant doubts in Eve's mind in Genesis chapter 3. He said, Hath God said? Did God really say that? Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Like, really? What was he doing? He was creating insecurity in Eve. And then if you, you hop down to chapter 5, For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. You'll know everything. God is keeping something good from you. So, unfortunately, you know that a lot of times if we have an identity crisis, if we don't know who we are, we can feel really insecure. That means we're not safe. I'm not safe. I, I don't have a security. You mean, you mean I'm not sure about God's word? And then the second thing is I'm inferior, which means I'm not good enough. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I think people really look at uh, social media and influencers. They try to be like, you know, I know it's, it, was, it, was it Michael Jordan, be like Mike or something like that? You know, that's good to have role models and everything. But if you're not as good as them, you might feel like, man, I'm nobody. If I'm not as good as, or if I didn't, you know, do the extreme challenge that this person did on social media. Well, that's their whole life. I mean, we have other things that we're going to do, right? It's like, I was out, you know, doing pull-ups for 15 hours. Like, well, we were changing diapers and going to work, okay? But, I mean, these social, this, this media can influence you and create insecurity and inferiority. So what did she do? She took of the fruit and she ate it and she gave it to her husband who was right there. And then their eyes were open, right? That's where sin entered into the world. That's your problem right there. Whether it was an apple or a mango or whatever it was. And then what happens? And this is what we want to... The blame game started, right? So God said to the man, uh, uh, Hast thou eaten of the tree? And he goes, oh, no, no, no. Blame game, woman. It was the woman that you gave to me. It was her. It was her that made me do it, right? And the woman, he said to the woman, What did you do? And she said, oh, no, 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 it was the serpent. He tricked me, right? And I did eat. Do you know that the world is stuck in the blame game? And really, when people have lost their identity, do you know it's big oil? They're the ones, they run the world. It's the, what is it, the Illuminati. It's trans fats, you know, it's a blame game, okay? It's high fructose corn syrup. It's the Republicans. It's the Democrats. Let me, you've never heard this one, right? It's the white man. Really? Without the white man, the world would have no crime. (laughs) It's the vaccine, right? It's our job, our neighbor. You know what it is? It's right. It is. It's, It's really us, right? If you really live in that world, you, you, Brethren, 
the, I, the problem is we need our identity restored in Jesus Christ. <laughs> you say, and you say, preacher, but you're white. I'm not. A piece of paper is white. I'm like red and pink and sometimes tan, right? I've got different colors depending on what is exposed to the sun, okay? And uh, but I mean, the color is not, it's, a, it's obviously it's an identifier, right? It's something that if you see, uh, if you see someone, that's something that you see. But that's not what I identify as. I don't, I don't call someone on the phone and say, hello, I'm a white man. I don't do that. <laughs> What color are you before I talk to you any further? Okay, No, I don't do that because my identity is in Jesus Christ. And a lot of times I won't even introduce myself as Pastor Bigelow because I, where's the motive? Are you doing it to show off or are you doing it because, you know, for a different reason? So I just, hi, I'm Adam. You know, sometimes I'll text people, this is Adam. I say, well, preacher, you should say, says who? Paul called himself Paul. He didn't say I'm Pastor Paul, you know, the apostle. He didn't say that. He's like, I'm Paul. But he would pray for people and they would come to life. Why? Because his identity was his power that was in Jesus Christ. That was Paul's identity. So, and I respect preachers. I don't go up and call. We have a uh, pastor, Keckle. I don't not call him by his first name, but he will introduce himself to the church in Graham. Uh, and he'll say, he said, I introduced myself as Pastor Mike. And then he said, like it to the people that weren't <laughs> expecting him to say that. Why? Because we just want to share that, look, we're not trying to be better than anybody. I, I didn't even ask to be a pastor. I was minding my own business, working on a day job, and someone changed my life. Okay, Brother Bigelow, pray about going to Jacksonville. I'm like, oh, okay. What? Oh, well, I, I said that. I said, where do you want me to go? I did not feel qualified, brethren. I still don't feel qualified, okay? Well, you've been doing it, and I, I feel less qualified the more years that I do this, but... God doesn't call you to feel good about it. Really, I don't. I talk to my wife. I'm like, honey, they need to get someone else to do this. I mean, it's just, but uh, you know that you do things because God tells you to do it. Like Isaiah said, here I am. I'll go. Send me. He said, he didn't say, he didn't say that uh, he felt it all or figured it all out. David was the guy that wasn't in the army. He's like, no one's going to go fight the giant. I'll go. Why? Because I'm going to go in, in the name of the Lord. I'm not going to go in my own power. So anyway, he didn't feel qualified, perhaps, but he went and he had victory, right? So the identity was lost. But the second thing, we are his workmanship. The identity is restored. How is, you know, the greatest habits that you can have. I said, preacher, I want to lose weight. Well, that's good. That's a, a goal, right? Or I want to quit smoking. That's a goal. I want to, you know, stop drinking Soda or something. That's a good goal, I suppose, especially as you get older, right? But the greatest habits in your life that you'll accomplish, you know what the end goal of the habit is? It's not the challenge. It's not running the marathon. It's an identity. Let me, let me give an example. Someone offers you a cigarette, okay? So this guy sees two people. He says, hey, you guys want to smoke? And uh, one guy says, Oh, uh, no thanks. Thank you, sir. I don't smoke. You know what the other guy says? He said, no thanks, sir. I am not a smoker. So that's two different answers, right? One person says they don't do the activity. You know what the other person says? I don't identify with that. You know, some person, one person might say I run, but the other person says I am a runner. And you know that when you have an identity, that is, is a preacher, but I lost 20 pounds. But what about the identities? You know what? I'm a, I'm a fit person. 
I'm a, I'm a healthy person. That, that is an identity that we have. And so when we have an identity, when the Twinkie's in our hand, we're like, you know what? I'm a healthy person. And there's nothing in this Twinkie that I need inside of a healthy person, right? So that would be an identity conflict right there. It's like, ah, oh, everyone has a day off, right? Just eat it, right? But our identity will govern our habits. It absolutely will. So the Bible said, for the wages of sin is death in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, but the gift of God, it's a gift. So God restored our identity. Not, salvation is not just uh, going to an altar and praying. It's a total identity in Jesus Christ. For the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, the blame game stopped. You see, Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. All the way down the road to 2022, right? Republicans blaming the Democrats, and this one blaming this one, and this one blaming this one. And you know what? Some people have some fault for different things, but ultimately, Jesus stopped the blame game. Isaiah said, he was wounded for our transgressions. Whose? Not his own. He said, I'll take all the blame. He said, the reproaches of them that reproached thee falleth upon me. He said, all of those things have fallen upon him. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. First Peter chapter 2 said, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye are healed. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's a free identity in Jesus Christ. And then... It says, boy, I, 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 you can read Ephesians chapter 1. I don't have time to go through. But when you get saved, the Bible says it's not only that your sins are forgiven, but in Luke chapter 15 says angels begin to rejoice. Romans chapter, 16 verse, chapter 6 verse 14 says sin no longer has dominion over you. You've taken that rightful place of dominion over sin. Now that's a big deal because if you find yourself sinning, you can say, wait a second. This doesn't have dominion over me. Why am I doing it? When I wanted to stop drinking soda years ago, okay, I just wanted to cut down on drinking soda. And I found out, you know what my problem was? I liked it. That was my problem. I wanted it. I thought about it. I, I like, didn't dream about it, right? It wasn't like dancing sodas in my, in my dreams. But I would think about it. You'd go by the gas station like, ooh, I want one of those sodas right now. I want a Coke. If the Coke machines without you, they're like, oh, man. And I realized, you know, the problem's in me. I don't have dominion over this because I have a desire for it. And so I prayed. I said, God, take this desire out of my heart. And I still like soda. There's nothing wrong with soda. It's not wrong. But it doesn't draw me like it used to, right? I hadn't had one for about a year, but my wife tricked me when I stole a drink from her soda, right? Uh, well, my daughter's. I didn't know it was soda, but I didn't ask, and I just drank it, and there was some soda in there. But anyway, so I didn't even know that, but... But God also gives us citizenship, right? In Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, for our conversation, our citizenship is in heaven. 
When you get saved, God gives you free citizenship in heaven. You get your passport and everything else. The Bible says we also get that identity of crucifixion with Christ. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but you know what Paul said? Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know what Paul said? My old identity's gone. He said, he said I count it just like dung. He said, that's how much I look at all of the accomplishments that I used to have. And he was a very accomplished person. He could have had a good career as a Pharisee, as a leader in the church of the Jewish church. But he's like, I just threw that all in the trash. He said, I just want to be someone who runs after Jesus. He said, that's all I care about. It's my new identity. And I lost track of time. But the last thing, maybe we can get into this next uh, Tuesday, but the identity is empowered. So God not only restores our lost identity with salvation, but he empowers our identity with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, this is not water baptism. If you're a Christian, you should get baptized in water. We do it at the beach. We do it at the pools. We do it, you know, and and, uh, that's what Jesus said to do. But we're talking about the power from on high that Jesus told his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until I give you power. What to do what? To live out that identity that I've given you. Power. And he told the disciples in Acts chapter 1, he said, ye shall receive power when? After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. This is not salvation. He was talking to his saved disciples. He said, after the baptism of the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you're going to be my witness. That You're going to be my powerful witness. So uh, uh, when the day of Pentecost fell and they began to speak in other tongues three different times in the book of Acts, that when people got filled with the Holy Spirit, the initial evidence was they spoke in a different language. That's not to say that you don't have the Spirit of God in you. When you get saved, you have the Spirit of God in you. But to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, to be dunked in the Spirit of God, is a different operation. So when the Apostle Paul got saved, he was blinded, right? And he had to go to this place, uh, and this man came named Ananias, And it said that he went and said, uh, he said, Brother Saul. He said, I'm sent to thee that that might restore thy sight. Because Paul was blind. He was called Saul before Paul. And that you might be filled with the Holy Ghost. He called him brother, but he didn't have the Holy Ghost. Paul needed the baptism of the Holy Ghost to have his ministry. And as soon as he did, he just began to preach Christ. And, you know, nothing ever stopped him, right? But the last thing I I share here is that uh, when we get our identity, God wants us. And if I remember there's an account in Genesis chapter 32, there was a man who was named Deceiver. Or his name was Jacob. It meant Deceiver, Heel Catcher. And he stole his brother's blessing and birthright, which are the same thing. He stole Esau's birthright, being the firstborn, and got that blessing that was really Jesus Christ. That was the blessing that he stole, being the firstborn. That blessing of Abraham came down and uh, was a blessing to, uh, through the generations to you and I, which was Jesus Christ. That was the blessing. So he wrestled with a man to the breaking of a day. The MM, what is it? MMA, uh, Ultimate Fighting. What is the one that Dana owns? 
UFC. It started back here, right? So it's UFC. It's Jacob versus like this unnamed competitor, right? And they're wrestling all night long. And uh, the Bible said that this man he's wrestling, he saw he prevailed not against Jacob. He touched the hollow of his, so- of his thigh. There were no rules, so he could do this, right? And the hollow of Jacob's thigh bloop, was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And uh, he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. He knew who he was fighting with, right? You ever wrestle with God over something? He said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not coming out of this prayer meeting until you bless me. I'm not getting up from the altar until you bless me. And he said unto them, he said, what's thy name? And he said, Jacob, I'm a deceiver. And, I, and he said, that's what it meant. It meant deceiver. Heel catcher, because he caught his brother's heel. He deceived his brother. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob. I'm changing your identity. But Israel, for as a prince thou hast power with God and with men and hast prevailed. And then he took off and didn't name himself. And then it said, uh, after the sun rose up, it said, I like this. He halted upon his thigh. He had that. So a preacher, what do you mean he halted upon his thigh? And you read about him leaning on his staff at the end of his life. Well, I'm, I'm not saying that God knocks your, you know, gives you a limp. That's not what, but God gave him a different walk. Every step he took was different. Brethren, when we get our identity in God, we'll begin to walk differently. It won't just be a church sticker or I'm a Christian, but someone will see you like, that's a different guy. That's not Jacob. And he'll be walking different. But you know what? It's because God has given us a completely different identity. And it's a gift of God. And so, preacher, how do I find my identity in Jesus Christ? Well, first you invite Christ in. And then you get filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will begin to have you act like God. Like God's creation. And you know what? It's going to be a lot different than other people. But you know what? You don't have to be like everybody else we as i close with this but this guy said there was a thing on some guys someone's door it said be the strange that you want to see in the world instead of be the change be the strange but you know what christians are different and you know if someone calls you weird or strange it might be because you are weird and are strange but it might also be because you're so different that's right and they just want to know what what is what's like spencer said what's your deal you're different. You're different. Strange. That's what you say when people are different, right? They're weird, right? No, they're just different. But you know what? I'm thankful that God makes us different. And our identity is in Jesus Christ. We are his worksmanship created in Christ Jesus. And that's your identity. That's who God wants you to be. And that's a gift from God. It's an uncommon gift. Let's, let's dismiss in prayer. Brother Spencer, would you dismiss us in prayer? God bless you. See you Thursday.